Welcome to Season 4 of the Canon Podcast. My name is Alex. Journey with me as we explore the walking out of our faith and worship in the culture that we live in. Okay, let's do this. I spent my first 40 years with an inkling that there was something more. I didn't find it in money or career or people or even material possessions. I really felt like I'd spent 40 years walking away. No, it was much more like running away as fast as I could. It wasn't until I found the good news of the gospel in my early 40s that I realised that I wasn't seeking truth as much as I was seeking pleasure. Faith, finding me, has changed everything. I've got 40 years of catch-up. Journey with me as we dig deep into culture, faith and worship. Okay, let's go. The Canon Podcast is a work in progress. We're exploring and discerning how to best use this podcast medium to share the good news of Jesus and at the same time have something to say that helps us all to become better disciples. In this season of the canon, we're going to follow along as we walk with Jesus through the eyes of Matthew. Now, you can really help us out by tuning in and getting involved just by liking, sharing and leaving us a comment. Interacting with us in this way makes all all the difference in our ability to reach more people with the good news of the gospel. And of course, it's totally free. So go ahead and help us out. And tonight we're reading from Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. And uh, really, we were in Matthew last week talking about uh, fruit, the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of being a Christian. What, 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 what kind of fruits can we expect from a good plant or a good tree? What kind of fruit can we expect from a bad tree? Well, the answer was a bad tree does not produce good fruit. And the bad tree is going to ultimately get cut down and thrown into fire. So we've got to be really mindful. Often we think that Jesus is kind of a meek, mild-mannered kind of hippie type. In fact, a lot of the time Jesus is, is, is really giving a pretty strong warning. The kingdom of heaven is coming. And the question is, do you want to be in or, or are you going to be out? And I think today's parable, um, perhaps if we can get beyond the idea of sowing seeds, perhaps we'll just have a look a little bit at our hearts and our ability to receive the gospel. So let's read Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he, could, that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. The birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them, Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered to them, Jude has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not... Even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's hearts has grown dull, and with their 
ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart, and in turn I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. And he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Is Jesus meek and mild here, or is he really giving quite a, a strong kind of warning in a sense, a picture of what is to come? We have ears, but do we hear? Do we have uh, uh, eyes, but do we truly see? So let's dig a little bit more deeply, because I wonder whether this, pas- this passage is so much about seeds... <laughs> And of course it is about seeds to a degree, isn't it? Because when we first hear the gospel, you know, I think back to my journey. Look, 10 years ago I was an atheist, a pretty cranky, cranky old one at that. Um, someone suggests I still have my cranky moments. But <laughs> 10 years ago, when I first came to know Jesus, and first t- turned away from the darkness and towards the light, it gave me pause to think back throughout my journey, I think about my mother as a child saying the Lord's Prayer to us before bed every night and sowing a seed. I think about my friend at university the first time who we used to play music together and he was always trying to get me to go to church with him to play music at church and I refused to go. In fact, I mocked him, um, which I feel terrible about, of course. But he sowed a seed. I think about my English master at high school in year 11 who, when we went away on an English camp, we stayed at a seminary. It turned out that he was the chaplain for the school, uh, an an Anglican minister. He was sowing seeds that I quickly buried. So I wonder whether it's the same for you. Perhaps you're a Christian. Perhaps you already follow Jesus. Or perhaps you're still wondering what this faith is all about. And I wonder how many seeds have been sown throughout your life that are yet to bear fruit. And perhaps we've got to be careful not to be bearing bad fruit. And Jesus says that we must be born again. We must be born and refreshed anew, that we may become children of God. In a sense, so that we can become the good plants, the good trees that will allow us to blossom with the fruits of the Spirit. That people would know us as Christians by the fruits, by the way that we live and interact not just because we have a good moral or a good ethic, but because we reflect the light and the love of Jesus. That is the good fruit. 
So Jesus says to the people on the shore as he's sitting on the boat, you can imagine this picture, can't you? So many people, he has to, <laughs> he's going to get crowded on the beach, so he climbs onto a boat and he preaches from just offshore. And towards the end of that first part of the passage, he says, still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. And right at the end, verse 9, he says, whoever has ears, let them hear. And he says this a number of times, and it's reflected through that Isaiah passage as well. That we have ears, but we don't hear. We have eyes, but we don't see. It's a funny thing to say, isn't it? Whoever has ears, let them hear. I mean, what does that mean? Surely it's not about having physical ears, because by and large, we've all got physical ears. You know, we have different degrees of ability in terms of hearing, sure. But I don't think he's saying anything physical about the appendages on the sides of our heads that, you know, collect sound waves. And I think when he's talking about sowing seeds... He's talking not so much about understanding with our ears and seeing with our eyes, but grasping with our hearts just who God is, who Jesus is, and being prepared to accept him into our life. Because if we're not, if we're not open and prepared, if we're not ready to see, if we're not ready to hear the good news of the gospel, then that seed, when it is scattered, is going to be on the path. And when it's on the path and exposed, it's going to be picked up, as he says, by the devil, by the evil one. And it says elsewhere in the Bible that the, that the devil is uh, prowling around like a lion waiting for people or finding people to devour. And at the same time, the crows are devouring the seed that is scattered on the path. It has nowhere to grow. So you may hear it, you may see it, but you're not grasping it. And is it because you don't have ears physically? Or is it because your heart is not open to hear the message of the good news? So whoever has ears, let them hear. So can I just suggest that we try and not just open our ears to hear the word, that we listen to the word of God, the scripture, through our hearts as much as we understand it uh, logically through our ears. We need to open our hearts to be able to understand what God is truly saying to us. For he says, though seeing, they do not see, and though hearing, they do not understand. So it's not so much about a physical sight or a physical hearing. It's much more a heart issue. I think this is almost always the case with Jesus' parables, isn't it? He's getting not just at our ability to do things, our ability to hear and to see, but he's getting at our ability to understand that we need to be able to prepare the ground the soil in which we're going to plant those good seeds. And that soil is going to come from a new heart. And I think back to uh, that passage in Ezekiel where it says, take out this heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh, a fleshy, fresh, reborn soil that's ready and receptive to taking that seed. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Because certainly when I was an atheist, I heard, I heard the good news of the gospel. Those seeds were planted, but they bore no fruit. And you hear this quite often. Well, just show me some evidence and I will believe. But the reality is, until you're ready to open your heart to receive the information that God has given us, through scripture and through the natural world, through his revelation, through his word to us, and through the, through the, the life of his son Jesus and his death and his resurrection, if we're not ready to accept that in our hearts as much as we are to hear the word with our ears, then that soil continues to, that seed rather, continues to fall on rocky ground. Ground that is unable to, to take that seed and allow it to grow. Or to allow it to go strongly because it may get a start. 
It may even find itself growing. But when challenge or persecution or a difficult time comes, then it becomes very easy to turn away for that seed to be neglected, for it again to be devoured by the evil one. And he says, for these people's hearts have become calloused. Where else have you heard that phrase or very similar? Well, of course, it was Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And so too, until we're ready to open our hearts, and he's used that word heart himself there, for people's hearts have become calloused or Pharaoh's heart have become hardened then our physical ability to hear and to see and even to understand is totally worthless until our heart is ready to be receptive to the good news of the gospel. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. So he's saying to his disciples, you are ready. You've been with me. This is why I tell, talk to you in this way, so that you can have your heart open. For truly I tell you, he says, many prophets and righteous people Long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. But was it because there was nothing to see or nothing to hear? As I said, the atheist wants or even demands evidence. But when you present the evidence, they can't see it. Perhaps that's you. Perhaps you've been in that situation. Or perhaps you're even listening to this right now and wondering, is, is God really out there? Well, you don't have to look too far into nature, into the natural world into your heart and into scripture to see that God truly exists. That his evidence is everywhere. It's very hard to miss. But if your heart is closed, then those seeds continue to fall on rocky ground. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people, prophets and righteous people, people who understood the religious law, and yet their hearts were closed. When Jesus came to them, even in flesh 2,000 years ago, they did not see him. Yeah, they saw him physically, but they did not see him. Think about Paul when Stephen is being stoned, holding the clothes of some of those who were there throwing stones to murder Stephen. Paul saw that, but at that point he didn't understand. It wasn't until he had his eyes opened by Jesus himself that he understood the gospel, that he understood who Jesus was. He understood the error that he had made in not accepting or not hearing and not seeing and not understanding when Jesus had been in front of him all along. So when he says, have those who have ears hear, I think he's saying, yes, listen to the word of scripture. Yes, listen to God speaking into my heart. There's that word. Allow my heart not to be hardened but to be softened and receptive and ready to take that seed to grow good new reborn trees and plants that bear good fruit that's the good news of the gospel so when those seeds fall they don't fall on rocky ground they don't fall on the path but they fall onto good soil they fall onto good soil you know it's interesting verse 21 he talks about but since they have no root they last only a short time when trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. In fact, it's worse than that. I don't know that they just fall away. But when trouble comes, does it test your faith? Have you had this experience? You're feeling pretty strong, you're spiritually connected, and then something bad happens. You get ill, you lose your job, coronavirus, emotional distress, relationship issues, financial stuff. 
And the question is, why? Really? Why? What is going on? And even throughout the Psalms, the psalmists are, are, are full of lament. People calling out, God, why? Please, rescue me from this. But I've seen there's two paths that people tend to take when struggle, when persecution strikes. One way, when the seed falls on rocky ground, is that they turn away from God. Perhaps they start to run away from God. Perhaps they even blame God for their circumstances. They deny the truth in order to find comfort somewhere else, to hide perhaps in the darkness. And in the darkness, that seed cannot grow. Where there is no light, there is no life. Or the other way is when, when persecution comes, when difficulty arises, you turn towards God, you turn towards the source of light and life, that nourishing, life-giving substance that is God through the Holy Spirit and His Son, Jesus. That in difficulty, we turn towards Him for comfort and strength and courage. Knowing all along that this is not some God that set everything up in, in, in motion, wound the clock and then walked away. No, this is a God that loved you so much that when we were still sinners, He died for us. That He sent His Son into this world, the world that He created, in order that we could come to know Him. But we don't just need ears to hear Him speaking as if we were sitting on the beach and Jesus is in the boat. We don't just need eyes so that we can see Him while He's talking to us. We need a heart that is open and receptive to be able to take that information, to be able to see who Jesus is, to see that He is God, to see that He loves you, to see that He has a place for you in heaven, in relationship with you. If you allow your heart to be hardened, if you allow those seeds to fall on rocky ground, then when persecution comes, you will flee from God. Let me use this as a word of encouragement. Brothers and sisters, don't turn from God. Turn towards Him. Take your seed and present it to the light and allow that rebirth to take place so that your fruit is good fruit from the good plant that comes from the good soil which comes from the seed that God has so graciously given to you. So when you hear his word, when you see his presence, have a heart that is open to accepting Jesus into your life so that that seed will have the perfect environment to grow and be lit by the love of God. Lord, I just thank you so much for scripture that you've given to us that's been faithfully handed down through the centuries Lord we thank you so much for your son Jesus whom you sent in order that we could come to know you Lord God you are, are set apart, you are holy you are the creator and we are the creation and we look, to, look up to you with, with awe and love that you would do something so incredible that you would send your son, that you would become a part of this world in order that we could come to know you. But not just that, that you would come and that you would take our place on that cross, that you would bear the sin of all the world, past, present and future. That you would climb onto that cross in our place. 
to cover our sin with your blood. And as the apostles and the disciples were cowering in the upper room and some of them were running away on the on the road to Emmaus, Lord, you were faithful. You were busy raising Jesus from the dead. So that tomb wasn't just empty. But there's Jesus in his glory, in his resurrection body, giving us a template for not just how to live, not even just how to die perhaps, but to show us the hope in that new life, that resurrected life. And that is the gospel. That is the good news. Lord, I pray that this would be an encouragement that you through the Holy Spirit would go out and reach everyone who is listening and bring them to a loving and knowing and, and, and saving relationship with you, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Canon Podcast. We look forward to speaking with you again next time. Until then, God bless you and bye for now.